Well, good morning. morning. It's good to see all of you and those that are watching uh, live right now via our live stream. Welcome as well. We're just so excited to see each and every one of you. And uh, today, as John said, we're concluding uh, the sermon series that we've been on for the last 11 weeks. And uh, what an incredible journey we've been on as as a church. Uh, But before we get going today, I want you to grab that outline that the ushers gave you on your way in. Um, And I want you to flip it over to the back, okay? Because uh, we're going to kind of review where we've been. You know, we're always in such a rush in our society. You ever notice that? We're always on to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing that we never actually like, take time to just pause and look back and see what God has done and celebrate those moments. So we want to start today by doing that. And you're going to see all of the different topics that we've covered uh, these last 11 weeks. Uh, Ash Wednesday's in there, which is how we get 12 services. And go ahead and take the pen that's in front of your seat right there and check off all of the ones that you've either attended or maybe you watched online or you listened online and, uh, and kind of just take a look at that and say to yourself, okay, do you have all 12 for 12? Anybody 12 for 12, right? Look at some of you. Go ahead, nice and proud, good job. You guys all get free coffee after the service, okay? <laughs> for those of you that don't have the 12 for 12, and uh, let me just say this, you know, I know many of you have Netflix accounts, correct? How many of you have Netflix? And I hear this term all the time that people have their Netflix shows and they go and they, what's called binge watch. You know what I'm talking about? Where you go on and you watch a ser- you watch like a whole season of shows in a matter of an hour and a half. What about going online and binge watching the sermons? Are you with me? That way you know what's going on in your church, okay, which is what we're going to be talking about today. And uh, so this is all the different topics, all the different things. And so part B of this is, you know, to really try to move you to action, not just to educate you on all these important areas uh, in our community, in our church, but as you look at your outline, it's in there, what week or week has had the biggest impact on you? As you look at all of this, which one of these just really spoke to your heart? And you know that, we know that, obviously you can't be involved in every single one of these areas. Like you gotta, there's certain ones that are gonna hit certain people in our church. And as you look at it, well, which one of them's moved you to action? Where you said, I have to do something. I gotta fill out a card. I gotta go talk to somebody in the fellowship hall. I have to do something about this because the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. And if you're looking at that and you're having a hard time filling that out or you don't know, my hope and prayer is by the end of today, every single one of us are going to know what our part is and you're going to have everything laid before you of how you can get involved in this church, in this community. And as I said, so often sometimes we don't really get to celebrate what God has done in the past and so I think this will be really important for you to see just the response that we've gotten over these last 11 weeks. And so each week as we've tackled different topics, these are the people that went into the fellowship hall or emailed in or inquired about being involved in these ministries. And so week two, we actually had Compassion Pregnancy Center and Abigail Ministries, which are pretty close ministries. They both deal uh, with infants, with babies, and helping moms and dads. And uh, the fact that 18 people signed up for Compassion and 17 signed up for Abigail is absolutely incredible. Different people on both of those weeks. Uh, We've been talking about Michigan Abolitionist Projects. That's, That's the human trafficking group that actually started here at Shepherd's Gate and is now statewide. And 23 new people went and signed up to be part of this and to help. It's awesome. Uh, Now, our special needs ministry at Shepherd's Gate, we highlighted that. You guys remember when Ron Sanderson was here? He he has autism. He did an absolutely incredible job. In fact, he is the number one watched sermon in the entire series. All right? So we get like 125, 150 people that'll go and watch the sermon. His was at 500. 
So he just smoked all the other topics, okay? Uh, but then when it came to uh, actual getting people to sign up for the ministry that's been going on here at Shepherd's Gate, we really truly need some people that would be called into that and help, uh, help those in our kids' ministry uh, be able to do this. And you can see, I'm not gonna walk through all of them, but just a really cool response. The other one that we're kind of looking and hoping for people to step up is our partnership in Honduras that we looked at last week in Global Missions. We're hoping to get some more prayer partners and financial supporters for Bill and Ellen Gas uh, that we got to pray for today. And uh, the last one that I wanna kind of highlight is that last line there, that last week when we talked about sponsoring a child in a foreign country, and maybe you're not called to go on a mission trip, but maybe you can sponsor a kid in another part of the world, and that 29 people from Shepherd's Gate went and grabbed a packet, grabbed a child and said, hey, this is something that I want to be part of. And uh, so we're just so excited about that. I think we should rejoice as a church in what you guys have done this last three months. Way to go, Shepherd's Gate. And if any of these interest you uh, and you haven't had a chance to sign up, go into the fellowship hall, go to the Connection Center, and uh, we can certainly connect you to the right people. Uh, but today, as we conclude this series, we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 4, and I want to invite you in your chair Bibles to page 977. And uh, really, as I said, this today is just the culmination of this whole sermon series. And once again, looking at what God does in and through his church. And so we're going to look at 977 if you have your own Bible, Ephesians 4 if you have a Bible app on your phone. Uh, please feel free to use that. We're going to look at Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 1. And here, Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus, uh, and it's a newer congregation. Paul's actually in prison. He's writing this letter, and he's gotten some feedback about what's taking place in the church. And almost all of the letters in the New Testament are written by Paul, and he's writing them to churches that are multicultural, multi-ethnic churches, which were having issues with each other, right? And so there's kind of this you know, inner battle that's going on, and so you can kind of get that as we read through this. And it says in verse 4, I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, because he's in prison, right? Right? urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who was over all and through all and in all, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. He gave gifts to men. And saying he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also descended into the lower regions, the earth. He who descended is the one who has also ascended far above the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Think about that. Until we all attain the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried around by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, we speak the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Did you see that? 
Do you see God's design for his church? Do you see how the church is responsible for coming alongside the church, which is you and me, and helping to build and, and grow? This is something that we do together, and that's why the title of the message today is that we are truly in this together. And it's interesting, even as you read the beginning parts of, of this chapter, right? What does he tell us? What is his reminder to us in verse two? Is that with all humility and gentleness and patience that we bear with one another in love. And I don't know how long you've been part of a church, but did you ever notice how sometimes in a church we have a tendency to say things to each other as fellow Christians that aren't very nice? Some of you, have you ever been part of a church where someone has done something to you or made a decision that you weren't happy about or you didn't agree with and it kind of you know, caused some frustration and some heartache? Does anyone know what I'm talking about this morning? Right? Sometimes we beat ourselves up in a church. Um, this last week, there was a Bible study taking place uh, here at Shepherd's Gate, and I was just happened to be in the hallway, and this lady came up to me, and she just started blasting me. She just was like, she just let me have it. And uh, she was very upset about something, and I'm sitting there, sometimes this happens, where I'm like, I don't even know if, if I've met her before. And so I'm going through my Rolodex as fast as I can in my head, until I finally realized, I don't think I've ever met her before. And so as she's really, truly very upset, everything within me wants to lash back at her, literally. I'm just like, I'm gonna let her have it, right? Like, who is she to do this to me? Like, what did I do? And instead, what popped up in my mind was the verse that I read this morning when I was preparing for my message. <laughs> and I was like, oh, th you know, God, you have such a great sense of humor, right? With all humility and gentleness and patience. <laughs> Which, can I just be honest, sometimes I don't wanna have patience with the people of this church, all right? <laughs> just being honest, as one of your pastors, like sometimes it can get so frustrating because you're like, at what point can we move you from here to here? At what point do we get you from being on, at what point can we move together and forgive each other and lock arms and walk into what it is that God has for us as a church? But God calls us to be patient with each other, to bear with one another in love. And I'm so thankful that I didn't respond the way that I wanted to to the lady. I just, I just actually extended my hand and, say, and said, I don't even think I've met you before. My name's Tim. She's like, I know who you are. And I said, okay, but I don't know who you are. And I said, you're very upset about this, and so let's talk about this. But that's what it takes. It takes all of us doing this together. And maybe words were said or attitudes were exchanged or decisions were made that we go to each other and that we maintain the spirit of unity because there's nothing more that the devil would love to do and that's why it talks about that later on in the passage as we just read. There's nothing more the devil would love to do than to destroy what God is doing in and through this place we call Shepherd's Gate. I mean, even the whole section of this chapter of, of the Bible is on unity. He's writing to this church and he's, impl he's imploring them to be unified in their faith. I mean, look at verse four again. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call as congregation. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. We are all united under this one purpose, under God our Father who is over all and in all and through all, all of it. We are to be united in mind and spirit as his church. And then look at what he says in verse seven. Grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. 
And it's not that God says, okay, so over here, this person, I'm gonna get a little bit of grace, but this person over here in the church, I'm gonna give them a whole lot of grace. That's not how it works. We are all forgiven of all of our sins. The Bible says we're cleansed from all our unrighteousness. That it's the incredible gift that God gives each and every one of us. We all start on the same page. We're all you know, worthy of damnation, but thanks be to God, he died on the cross for our sins. He gave us grace when he extended his arms and his hands, and God extended his grace when he rose Jesus from the dead and now gives us his spirit that lives inside of us to lead and to guide us each and every day of our lives that no matter what we face in this world, God is there and he's willing to help us live the life that he's called us to live. And so through faith, we've all been given this incredible gift of grace. And we know that we're more blessed than we deserve. We really are, and we've been looking at that throughout this whole series. And God doesn't simply require unity without providing a way for us to achieve this. And this is what's really cool about this passage. He actually shows how we can be unified as a church, and he shows us his structure, his plan for his congregation. Look at verse 11 again. It says, He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. Okay, and so these apostles, right, and not everyone's called into these positions. These are kind of like leader, leadership positions in the church. And people that are gifted as apostles, they're visionary people, right? They have a natural ability to be able to see into the future. They're pioneers. They want to pave new ground. They want to take over new land. Prophets are people that are very discerning. They have an incredible gift where they can just sense the spirit. They know what's going on in a local congregation, and they're there to provide wisdom and guidance and counsel. Evangelists are those people in their hearts that they, they just have a burning passion for the lost. And they want to make sure that the church stays on focus in that and make sure that we're doing everything we can to not just be a church for ourselves, but that we're a church for those who aren't yet followers of Jesus. And then this last one, the shepherds and teachers. And in the original language, in the Greek, which this was written, these words are actually uh, combined together. So it's not, it's not shepherds and teachers. It's together as one. These are your pastors. These are the people that God calls to shepherd you, to teach you God's word, to pray for you, to be there for you. And here's the best part of the whole thing. All of these leadership positions, and some of you, you know who you are. You've been called by God. You've been gifted by God. You're incredible leaders in your businesses, in your organizations, in your homes. And this is why you have these gifts. It says to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Isn't that incredible? That our job as leaders, those that have been called to be leaders, are to equip all of you, to equip the church for the work of ministry. Paul said it this way in a different book when he wrote a book to, to this young pastor named Timothy. He said, discharge all the duties of your ministry. Don't you like that? Discharge all the duties. I'm so thankful that this doesn't say it's the pastor's job to do everything in the church. <laughs> Amen? Amen. <laughs> right? It's all of these people working together. Pastors are just one part of this whole equation. It's the church coming together. It's the church building itself up. The church is the body of Christ. And maybe you're wondering, well, how do we get involved? Like, how is our church doing? If we were to kind of measure, you know, the involvement and, and the interaction of our congregation, well, um, our statistician here at Shepherd's Gate, his name is Jim Rickard, he, he kind of keeps track of, you know, the, kind of the health of our congregation. And he recently uh, gave our leadership team this little chart that he found uh, from one of the church consultants in the United States. It's called the Unstuck Group by a guy named Tony Morgan. And so you see the first line there, he measures all these churches. And so apparently all the churches in the U.S. that he works with, there's about a 45% volunteer involvement rate. 
And so we ran those same statistics through our church, through the lens of what takes place here at Shepherd's Gate. We were at 55%. And you would be like, we should celebrate that, right? I don't think we should. You know why? Because it means 45% of our church is not engaged. 45% of our church, we have all of these opportunities for people to be plugged in and involved. There are gifts that aren't being utilized to better our congregation, to help our, to help our congregation grow and to build itself up. As one pastor put it, he said this, the church should be the best place in the world when it comes to recruiting, training, equipping, and releasing people for ministry and to fulfill their God-given calling on their life. Do you agree? I'm gonna say it again, okay? The church should be the best place in the world when it comes to recruiting, training, equipping, and releasing people for ministry and to fulfill their God-given calling on their life. Amen? Amen. 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 The, the potential in this room is staggering, absolutely staggering when you think of how many leaders we have, how many members we have, how many people we have that God has uniquely gifted and called and we're trying to figure out who those people are. I've had so many mentors tell me throughout my entire ministry, they always say, find the smartest people in the church. Find the people that are smarter than you and get them at the table and give them influence and power and ability to make decisions on behalf of the church. And some of you I haven't had a chance to meet with yet, so when I call you, you need to answer my call, all right? <laughs> and when we ask you to be on something that's of significance, you gotta say yes, you gotta help us as a congregation, as a church, be the best that we can be and continue to pave into the future for what he has. And I know there's people that so oftentimes, you know, they'll, you know, will start talking about leadership or what about taking on this role or what about moving into this reality and they'll say, you know, honestly, I, I, I've just heard that sometimes there's drama in a church, right? Sometimes there's politics in a church and I like just being able to come on Sunday mornings either by myself or with my family, sing the songs, hear the message, sing, clap, cry, and leave, right? Just, can I just, you know, maybe be a greeter and do that, or do I have to, you know? And so often that, that, that can be heartbreaking for us because we need people. We need people that God has gifted with leadership abilities to be able to be the best we can be that God has called us to be. And so if you've had that thought, I would just challenge you in this. Every single church has drama. Surprise, right? Every, doesn't matter where you go all around the world, every single church has politics. Do you know why that is? Because we're sinners. That's why we take communion a lot here at Shepherd's Gate. We're the Lutherans, right? We admit we're sinners. We sin all day long, right? We need God's grace and forgiveness. No church is perfect. But if God has called you, he's equipped you, and you know who you are, Pray about that. Come talk to John and I about that. And it's a pretty, pretty incredible journey even these last uh, several months as we started new groups of leadership teams and we've had high capacity leaders in our church take over major areas of our church and have far exceeded even what we thought they were gonna bring to the table. It's been absolutely amazing to watch God at work in our church and we know that this is just the beginning of what he has in store. And I want us to look again at what it says in verse 15 and 16. She's gonna put it on the screens here. It says, we speak the truth in love, right? We have those difficult conversations. We are to grow up 
in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. Thanks be to God, he's the head of this whole thing. From whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. So there's an equipping of the saints that takes place. When each part, everyone has a part to play, is working properly. And the only way for things to work properly is for every single person to figure out what it is and to be engaged in that area of the church. Then the body will grow. The body will grow and it will build itself up in love. See how that works? See how that's God's plan and design for you and for me and for our church as a whole. And we really feel like we're just on the cusp of what God has next in store for our church. When each part does its work, when everyone shoulders their responsibility based on their gifts and abilities, guess what? Everything then becomes balanced. You have a balance of inreach and outreach, right? You have a balance between people that serve in global missions versus local missions because some people are called to one and other people are called to others. We can do our church picnics and we can still have step out and serve. We can have ministry for kids as well as ministry for seniors that we would look after widows and orphans, young and old, singles and marrieds, talent and treasures that God would call us to give to be part of his church. And over and over again, as you read Paul's letters, this is his encouragement to the church. And if you're a guest this morning and maybe you're just checking us out or you've been coming the last few weeks and you're trying to figure out if this is the place that God would have you call home, I just want you to know what kind of church this is. This has always been a high commitment church, amen? Amen. From day one in 1980, this church has always focused on the people that call Shepherd's Gate home are not getting off the hook of just coming to worship service. I'm sorry, this is how it's always been. And so it's been part of our DNA that if this is your home church, that you are engaged and that you are involved, not just in worship, but that you're involved in a small group, that you're involved in serving, and that you give freely and sacrificially to the mission that God has laid on this church's heart. Again, everyone can do something And did you know the main reason we gather as a church today is because we are the church. Guess what? You don't attend Shepherd's Gate Church. Did you know that? You are Shepherd's Gate Church. We should have made t-shirts. I just now thought of that. (laughs) We are Shepherd's Gate Church. Merely attending church doesn't make you much of a church. Sitting in a seat consuming church doesn't make you very good at being the church. We are the church. We're the hands and feet of Christ and together as his body, he's the head, together as his body, we come together and everyone plays a part. Being the church is all encompassing and we all have a part today. We all can do something and as I said at the beginning, maybe you're still kind of searching. Maybe as you've walked through this sermon series with us and you've looked back at all the different topics and God hasn't spoken to your heart to be involved in any of those areas, right? And maybe you're kind of saying, well, there's gotta be something here at the church that we can do. And uh, this was actually an idea that came out of several of our members, and I talked to our church council about this just this last Tuesday, but here's a list of all the critical need areas of our church. These are areas that you can step into and begin to serve. Maybe there's an area in here that you're like, you wanna be part of helping lead. You wanna walk into a leadership role, and so come and talk to us about that. And so what we're going to do is once a month now, on the last Sunday of the month, we're going to hand this to you. This was the church council's recommendation. They said, you got to keep it in front of the church. And I said, okay. So once a month, you're going to get one of these with your sermon outline and your bulletin so that you are always aware of those areas that you can step into 
that you can be part of the body and make your contribution. And you'll see in number three there too, those are some of the new things as we've hired Jeff and you know, some of you are getting a kick out of the fact that he keeps showing up on the news and that has nothing to do with me. That all has to do with Jeff Heisner, who's our community relations coordinator, who has these crazy connections and somehow figures out how to make these things happen. And he's just getting started in the things that he's going to be doing. And you, maybe you have an evangelism heart and you can see all the community events that he's gonna be doing uh, coming up. But there's certainly several other areas of opportunities so again, church, I want us just to look at that last verse again together. I want you to think about all the opportunities that have been presented before you, both in our church and in our community and all around the world. What is it that God is calling you to do? And can you put up one last time for me the verse, Ephesians 4, 16? It says, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Would you say amen this morning to that? Amen. Amen. And as we close today, we wanted to close with kind of the theme song that's been running through this series, but I want to invite you to stand up at this time. And in just a show of unity, and if you're a guest this morning, this isn't something that we do uh, every week, so come back next week. I promise we won't do this next week, and I'm sorry if this makes you uncomfortable, but we're gonna do it anyways. Um, if you wouldn't mind just grabbing the hands of the people that are next to you, okay? And while you're doing that, I'll give you a little, little stat. That holding people's hands actually lowers your blood pressure. Did you know that? Isn't that interesting? So everyone's blood pressure is going down. All right, cool. And together, this is just for us to have a sign of unity that we are truly in this together, that God has called Shepherd's Gate. We've been strategically placed in Shelby Township to minister to this community and to minister to everything that God has called us to do and that each and every one of us plays a part. You bow your heads, close your eyes with me. Father, I thank you for this church. I thank you for this journey that we've been on through this sermon series. God, we're just humbled at the response that we've seen from our congregation the way people have stepped up to your calling and the leading of your Holy Spirit. God, I pray for those in our church that, God, for whatever reason, maybe they're sitting on the sidelines, maybe something happened where they needed to take a break or something happened in the past. God, would you just now, God, by your Holy Spirit, lead and guide us, show each and every one of us the part that we can play. And God, help our church to continue to work together to forgive each other, to be patient with one another, to bear with one another, that God, we would build each other up, strengthen and unify our church as we now move into the future. God, I thank you for everyone that calls this place home. God, I thank you for those that are here that may be checking us out and seeing if this is the place that they should call home. God, I pray that you would make it abundantly clear to them. But most importantly, God, that together we would walk unified as one church, as one body, under you, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to fulfill the purpose that you have given us from 2018 on. We love you and we thank you for everything that you give us through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. We pray these things and everybody said, Amen. Amen.